Thank you for listening to the Kinky Conversations podcast. For early access to new episodes, bonus content, and exclusive access to the Sultry Soundbites, the Kinky Community Discord channel, and more sexy bonuses, sign up at patreon.com slash kinkyconversations. That's patreon.com slash kinkyconversations. This episode of the Kinky Conversations podcast is brought to you by Honey Playbox. At Honey Playbox, we believe that pleasure should be fun and fabulous for everyone. Our belief centers on how pleasure, play, health, and accessibility are necessary for positive sexual experiences. We hope more people feel inspired to explore desires without shame. And that's why we keep our toys affordable to let more people access sexual pleasure. You can get 20% off store-wide at honeyplaybox.com when you use the referral code KINKY at checkout. Mm. Welcome to the Kinky Conversations podcast, where consent is king, pleasure is queen, and exploration of sexual expression is the name of the game. And now for your host, the delicious Zachary Phillips. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Jenna, an artist and writer who enjoys scuba diving, rock climbing, martial arts, adventure, and anything to do with introspection. She discusses her three times a charm approach to discovering hard limits, her love for abduction play, the realities of a 24-7 dom-sub relationship, the difference between hard and soft doms. We dive into her kinky engineering skills, fringe kinks, green versus red flags to watch for, and her newfound identification as a sadomasochist. She also shares her proclivity for writing a poem about each lover she has taken, soon to be collated into a book, Anthology of a Slut. So stay tuned for its release. This was an absolutely hilarious conversation, and I can't wait to bring it to you. But first, I just want to remind you to stick around until the end of the discussion, because I'll be playing you another piece from the book, Kink, Volume 1. But without further ado, here's Jenna. <laughs> okay, so, um, Jenna, welcome. Um, you, I, I put out a little response, a little thing on, on um, the, the kinky... Um, instagram account being like hey who wants to jump on and you uh jumped on with um enthusiasm like me 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 <laughs> yes, um, I absolutely did. you um i give a little thing of like saying hey you know share your, your kinks your fetishes your fantasies all of that sort of stuff um and i really appreciate the um you didn't give me much much back some people give heaps back but what you said was you have very few limits and we'll try most anything three times at least. <laughs> please, um, please do elaborate. Um, well, so I always have to do things three times. Once just to try it. Twice to make to see if I like it. And the third time to make sure. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> so the, I've, I've already got a lot of questions right off the bat. Um <laughs> Because, like, I, I'm, a, I'm like a one-try guy. Like, if I try something and it's not good, I'm like, now oh, fuck that. I'm never doing that again. Um, 
has there been anything that you've tried once and the first time you're like, mm, I don't know, but on the second and the third time, you're like, fuck yeah, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> actually kind of a lot. And like the three tries don't have to be like right in a row. They can be over time. <laughs> like there's look, no look, time. I appreciate there. that. No, no, fair enough. Because, you know, you might change over time. I'll, I'll grant you that. Okay. I'll try something like five years ago. I might try it again. Maybe. Look, it's, it's a... <laughs> there's probably a personality test that would be like polar opposites on. So, so <laughs> what, what have you tried that you disliked that now up on the second and definitely the third attempt, um, you're like, now nah, fuck yeah, we're doing this. Um, oh my gosh. So I actually, when I first started out um, in like kink stuff, I was like a full blown, like 24 seven live in submissive. Ooh. And I tried to be dominant one time and absolutely hated it. <laughs> it was like, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. I'm never doing this again. And then I had a new partner that was like, hey, can you do this? And I was like, yeah. And I did it. And I was like, oh, this actually isn't too bad. And now I like actually am relatively like dom heavy leaning. So like, you know, that's third- a- and that's on. a massive switch from a from a twenty four seven. I want to get into that as well because that's that's yeah. an awesome um, place to talk about. Um, what what accounts for the switch, or why didn't you like it in the first instance, and now you're sort of leaning into it more? I think it may have just been like the personality types that were included the first time. Like it was with someone who has a relatively dominant side, and it was just something I wanted to try, and they went along with it because it wasn't like a hard limit for them. So they were like, "Yeah, why not?" And it was, and that way they could kind of coach me through it too, since I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, so they gave me like tips and tricks along the way. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird, but. <laughs> it's, I found that as well. Like most, most people I tend to lean into the, to the Dom side, but there's every so often I come across someone and I'm like, oh, I feel like you should probably be the Dom. And if you don't work that out beforehand, it gets real awkward real quick yeah. and it can like just ruin the sexual dynamic. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay so so I, I think that's i think that's important to note the um the just because you feel mainly one way or the other doesn't mean that that's what's going to work with this new person right absolutely that's and i've like i've kind of gone back and forth with people over the years like it's it's never been one specific like right now i actually like have three people that are like submissive to me but i also have like a full-blown like 24 7 relationship that i'm the submissive so like i'm living actively as a switch right now so it's kind of weird that is that is very interesting i just noticed in the background is that a cross of some description it's a saint andrew's cross saint andrew's cross so that's like it looks like an x for people um, playing at home um awesome i just like that it's a a featured in the background this is audio only but i can i can get the visuals i think that was a because of the new netflix show how to build a sex room everyone was like jenna why didn't they just come to your house Ooh. So that's my dining room is my sex room. So your dining room. <laughs> well, look, I'm I'm sure there'll be dining uh taking place in the uh, dining room at some point. Yes, <laughs> I have. We're actually um my laptop is propped up on my what we call the torture chair right now, and I'm sitting directly under my rope suspension rig. So, <laughs> all right, we we have a lot to talk about. I am happy. <laughs> okay, so. All right, there's many places I want to go now. We'll try. And- <laughs> what I find is, is I tend to have like five to ten conversations at once, and then hopefully, if I tie them all back in, it's a co- it's a cohesive um, uh, sort of like play for the uh, audience. They they get to feel yeah. like they're satisfied in all ways. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, I like We've it. We've got a lot to dig into. <laughs> um, okay, so just just before we move on, you you now are you're, you're playing in both. You're saying you're in a twenty four seven submissive relationship yeah. with one person, but you yeah. you you're a dominant with another person. With three other people. Three other people. Okay, so yeah. how how does how does being in a submissive role with one person is there any crossover or relation to how you play with the other people in the dominant role? Because like, I'm imagining like, like a chain of domination, right? <laughs> like your dom says something or gets you to do something and you're like, well, I'm going to, you know, like bring it to the next person. Right. It's like, it's like yeah. a pass down of the dom. Yeah. So there's, there's some crossover that like, so the dom that I have right now is actually like, he's very much like a, a soft quote unquote dom. Um, meaning that he just like, you know, is very much into like pleasure and like, you know, his version of torture is giving you orgasms until you cry versus like hitting you until you cry. So, um, and that's not my style. I tend to lean a little more sadistic. So, um, I will sometimes take the things that he does and kind of put my like twist on them. Um, so I'll use some of the same things, but not in the same way at all. It sounds like you're an artist. You're getting inspiration, adding your own uh-huh. twist, creating your own your own beauty. Now, do, do any of your subs, are they doming anyone else? No. So, well, <laughs> one, not regularly. Like, he has taken on a, a dominant role in just, like, kind of one-off, one-night stand or, like, short-lived relationships, but he doesn't have, like, an official, like, submissive but he does tend to take on a little more dominant role. Um, even with me, sometimes we'll go back and forth, but usually he's a little more submissive with me. I'm just imagining um, like a Chinese whispers of domination, right? <laughs> Your dom starts with just crying over orgasms. You add some pain to that. By the end of it, I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right, honestly. <laughs> okay, so... Lots to go into. Twenty four seven dom sub relationship. Can you can you sort of give a brief overview of what that is and how it works? Yeah. So um, I was actually very. I don't want to say very young because that sounds really inappropriate. Very young in regards to like the lifestyle. Um, I was fresh into discovering kink, and I was eighteen years old. <laughs> and I met a dominant who was. I don't want to say this out loud. Almost 40 years older. (laughs) And um, (laughs) he was very well developed in the lifestyle. um, And kind of, I never really got any like sex ed growing up. So um, he kind of, I kind of taught myself, but he gave me good like consent conversations and stuff like that early on. um, And kind of walked me through like, just what kink was and what a BDSM relationship was and stuff like that. And it all was like, like, I know how sometimes like when there are people you meet, you're like, Oh wow, that's a red flag immediately for whatever it was. But he had like immediate green flags that came up. So I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, um, and so it started out as just me kind of exploring with just physical things with him. Um, just to, for him to explain, like, this is what this is. This is what this feels like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
And then I got into the point that I was liking it so much that I was like, you know, I kind of want this to be more. And um, we developed into the point that I was in college. So I was um, living with him from Thursday to Sunday um, and just, you know, fulfilling this like contract that we had made out just between the two of us um, to kind of agree on everything that, that we wanted and all of that stuff. And then I had like tasks and things that I would do when I wasn't living with him. Um, to follow throughout the day and like rituals and tasks and all of those things. Um, and then on the weekends I lived there and did, did that at his house. So, so, so it's when it's a 24 seven dom sub relationship, it's not just in the bedroom. It's not just sexual. There's more to it. Correct. You're, de- you're describing like rituals or routines or sort of things you would do. Can you give mm-hmm. an example of like a non-sexual thing? Um, like making sure I'm drinking at least 92 ounces of water a day. Um, some of them, you know, are to, these are even some that I've carried over now into the relationship that I'm in, but they're just things that kind of help me nurture myself and my, my growth currently. Um, so I'm a writer and I paint. And, um, so I have like a set task that I need to write something at least three times a week and I need to work on my art at least once a week. Um, if I'm ever like not feeling super creative, that kind of pushes me to get into that, that headspace, um, you know, doing yoga three times a week. Um, I also am very into like tying rope myself. So I have like daily rope practice that I do before bed. So it's sort of like a, um, almost like a, like a, like a kinky dominant life coach, um, yes. giving you the, um, the morning routines. Very much. It's it's exactly a life coach that if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you get you know punished afterwards. So. Ah, I feel like I feel like the effectiveness of life coaching would be far more if you had the threat of punishment and the um the reward of orgasm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> did you did you practice your art? Sweet, get over here where we're. <laughs> Yes, exactly like that. I feel there's a business model in here. I want to get into like the life coaching space myself. Um, maybe there's crossover. I don't know. <laughs> um, business and pleasure coach. <laughs> I, I had someone message me just the other, like yesterday being like, hey, um, my doms said that it's my turn to choose the um, the activities for the weekend date. Um, and he thinks I've got no ideas. Can you help me? And I'm like, so you don't have any ideas? You're asking me, <laughs> and then so I'm like, "I'm up with your ideas." Yeah, like, I, I, look, look. I gave some ideas. And I'm like, "Hmm, maybe there's something here." You know? I love that. It was it was an interesting space. It's a interesting space. So, okay, so so you're getting life coaching domination. I like that. Um, yes. <laughs> and I like that it's carried over. Like that's that's the mark of a. So do you do you interact with this person anymore or? That's um he actually uh passed away about five years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, so, um, but up until then we were very much like very great friends. Um our dynamic ended probably about two years before that even, but um, you know, we stayed friends over time and it was really great. So That's lovely. I lo- yeah. I, I really like the the legacy is carried over in terms of the um in terms of the rituals and routines and it's it's getting passed <laughs> down the Chinese whispers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay so all right we got it we got a few things i just want to like I'm, I'm staring at this cross 
Okay, so so just just a simple simple question here. What is the um your your favorite piece of equipment to maybe use either having used on yourself or using on other people? Um, I am a big impact play fan. So sorry, my dog is in my face. Um, <laughs> I'm a big impact play fan. So um, floggers are a big one for me because you can have so many different types and do so many different things with them. I think that's probably my number one, number one implement a toy of choice. So, so a flogger is like a, like a big paddle, right? Like what's, or is that, um, are we talking like is- a, like a, soft whip sort of situation yes yes it has falls on it um usually made of leather so um they're sometimes thinner sometimes thicker depending on the the impact you want them to have pun fully intended Um, (laughs) so um yeah they usually have a hard handle of some sort and then um can be anywhere from you know six inches in length to over a foot Whew, over a foot is that including like the end the end tassels or is it yeah yeah so so you said that they can um for different impacts some mm-hmm. will be more painful some will be more just just a general yeah, just some, like a some flop. tend to sting more some tend to thud more um there's any mixture um you know there will be some that sometimes they will put metal rivets at the end of the falls so it's like stinging plus um, <laughs> yeah so a lot of people that I've had on the conversation on the on the, on the Kinky Conversations podcast have said to me, "It's not just the pain; it's the sound pleasure they get from the impact." Yes, I would agree you, with that. Sorry, you, I'm going to carry it with me real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are moving. We are moving. Uh, I turn where where are we moving to? <laughs> All right, I like fire play, but not in my kitchen. So, uh. <laughs> all right. Did, yeah. Hang on. So, hang on. Where, what happened? Where did we move? I feel like we're I in the turned same spot. my oven off. I just oh, took okay. the computer with me so we could keep so, going. That, that's okay. I feel like what what happened on my end was we moved around the house and I <laughs> I lost track and then we're in a room with another uh, cross and I'm like, hang yeah. on a second. <laughs> Back in the same spot. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. That's okay. We're um we're, we're resolved. Okay, so so is there a a sound based pleasure that you get like the the sound of the thwop? So I want to say yes, but I'm gonna give like a little. I want to say like a disclaimer to that. So I have, um, I have like brain weird neuron things going on. Um, so I actually have like physiological responses to sounds in some situations. <laughs> so, okay. okay. Um, it's, I have like synesthesia. So that's where you have, um, you see colors with sounds. So each like sound has its own color associated Ooh. with it. Um, and hey, hang on, can I can I can I just jump in? Are you yeah, doing the yeah. art that you're practicing? Are you um relating the synesthetic uh visions that you're getting from the impact play onto your art? Please say yes. Yes. So all yes. of my art is pink themed. Yes. Um anyway. So I actually um proposed a scene to my Dom that we are working on making right now that he's actually going to do an impact session with me while I'm painting. Awesome. <laughs> um and that I'm is really incredible. Excited. If if yeah. you're okay to share it, um, please do share that with me when it's when it's created because yes. that is um that is incredible. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So okay, so I've heard of synesthesia before. I've not uh-huh. ever met someone um that that has it. Is it happening all the time? Like, are we are you seeing my my voice in color right now? 
Yeah, it's not like a constant, like every, you know, if I'm out in a mall, like every single sound I'm hearing doesn't have like a new color associated with it. But um, if it's something that like there isn't a lot going on, usually it's kind of pronounced. Um, so like, huh. yes, your voice has a color. Um, Ooh, or if I color? Mean, <laughs> it's like a, um, <sighs> this is going to sound weird, but like. <laughs> You know the the color of like algae, like green, like that neon greeny. Ooh, I like, like it, neon green. Yeah, yeah, Hell yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. take that. Not that I can yeah. do anything about it. Um, <laughs> what's the color of your own voice? Oh, I have don't you, listen you... to my own voice that often. You need to listen to your own voice and know what color you are because you're like, ooh, like. Yes, I will <laughs> when I listen to this podcast. <laughs> hey, message me. Message me with your with your kink art, and then message me with the color of your own voice. Done. Done. Ah. So I just want to bring it back to, 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 to the story of like sort of that was your initiation into the kink scene as an 18 uh-huh. year old, right? Uh-huh. Had you had any sort of vanilla um, sexual experiences prior or was that like your I'd first I had a experience? lot of sexual experiences prior to that. Um, I was very uh, in the medical terminology, sexually active throughout <laughs> school. <laughs> um, you know, it's I've always it's I've always been interested in sex, and it's just something I kind of taught myself over the years. Um, yep. So I actually had had even some non vanilla experiences leading up to that. I just didn't know that that was a thing that people did. I just thought it was something that I was doing. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, I like that sort of self discovery. Yeah, yeah. I I find that with like the poetry I write, like I don't I rarely read anyone else's stuff, and I'm sort of discovering things, and then I'll look at stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm doing a thing that's a you know a a thing, but it's it was self sort of self taught, yeah. self directed, and I think it's more more pure or more honest. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're like jumping yeah. into a into like the kink scene because it's like, oh, this is just what we do. Well, well, no, what yeah. do you do? What's the expression of your own? You know kink is art, right, right? Right. Yeah. And that's, I've kind of enveloped that in every aspect, like even my, every aspect of my life, I should finish that sentence. Um, <laughs> but like, that's when I was in college, I was in a poetry, that was kind of what started my writing. And I was in a poetry class that um, she was like, I want you to write about something that you think no one has ever written about. Ooh. And I was like, great. Um, so I started writing about everyone I had ever slept with. Lovely. And I turned it in at the end of the semester as my portfolio, and it was called Anthology of a Slut. Um, <laughs> and she was like, this is something new that no one has ever turned into me, but, you know, I'll come back to you with three people who have written something similar. <laughs> I was like, okay. But then awesome. that also helped me find some of my favorite writers and stuff like that throughout the years. So it was really is cool. That, do you write, like, erotica-based sort of themed stuff now? What, what's your sort of genre? It's it's all poetry. Um, I just have continued with that throughout the years. So a lot of um, I have written uh, still to this day. I have written a poem about everyone I have ever slept with. Ooh, do you share it with them? I do sometimes, depending on how close I am to them. If it's like a one night stand, absolutely not. But but they but um, they still get a poem. Yeah, they still get a poem. And if uh, I ever this, they will know which poem is theirs. <laughs> is it? Will they know because it's named or will they know because it's um, expertly Some, themed? Sometimes both. A little <laughs> of both. They aren't all named. Usually the ones that I name are the ones that I have permission to name. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I don't have permission to name them, I'll just go off of something, you know, that happened. Or <laughs> So just 
because like I, I write mainly as a sort of a form of expression, processing past mm-hmm. traumas and issues and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've not written a poem about people I've slept with. Uh-huh. Um, what what are you writing for? Like what what is it? Is it just that you you enjoy the process, or is there sort of an act of like catharsis, or just like a closure thing? Like what 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 draws the or like is it a habit at this stage? Like where where are we I coming think from? It's gotten to the point that it's almost a habit. Um, I it started out kind of just as like a fun thing, and then I have used it over the years to process trauma and things like that. Um, you know, there is being a female person in today's society. There's always going to be some some sex related trauma, which is unfortunate, but um, it's kind of just a fact of sad fact of life. Um, yeah. I've used it for that over the years um, and have just kind of worked it into every just fun. It's fun for me now. I enjoy it I, so much. I'm, I'm, I'm right on board with you. And um, yeah, it is, it is a sad reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sort of, sort of deviating off the poetry, but into the, into the sort of kink a little bit, but in the mm-hmm. same space. Um, do you find that there is a level of sort of like a therapy or a reclamation, reclaiming of the body or some sort of like reclaiming of pain or like there's some sort of I've, I've, talking, talking and in, entering this space, I've discovered far more. It's, it's, there's so much sort of people are like, well, I submit, but it's a choice to submit or I, I have pain, but it's a choice to have pain. And people are sort of mm-hmm. getting a lot of healing from that. Have you, have you found those sort of benefits? Absolutely. Um, I kind of actually like, I don't know if we need to add a trigger warning to this or a content warning. But- most most of the stuff has has a, like we're, we're talking sex and it goes into this. This is why it's like I've realized like it's like sex as therapy, kink as therapy is becoming like a, a strong right. theme and it relates to everything I do on my other accounts and channels and writings right. and stuff. But it's it seems to be all in the same space. Yes. So I actually um, originally started getting into kink because I was like heavily self-harming. Um, and the boyfriend that I had in high school was like, Hey, there are things you can do that you will enjoy and also be able to get those like feelings that are a little too big for your body out, um, without actually hurting yourself. And I was like, tell me more. Um, so that was actually how I was kind of introduced to kink and to, um, pain. I I think it was the second the second or the third podcast, we've had this literally the exact same interaction. The, uh-huh. the guest was self-harming and the person or someone, in, I'm not sure if it was a boyfriend, but someone in their life was like, hey, have you considered impact play? Have you considered uh-huh. this sort of stuff? And it was like basically the same discussion. So there's definitely, for all of yeah. those self-harmers out there, drop the knife, pick up a paddle, like get get yeah. some. Um, so I actually, the that first boyfriend that I had, we, I got kind of introduced, I I'm going to try and like explain my terms as I go here, but like I kind of got introduced to some more like edge play, which would be like, you know, some of the stuff that's even now that I'm in the BDSM community still kind of on the outskirts that makes people a little like, <laughs> um, so one of the very oh, edge, first, not, not edge as in edging, but edge not as, as in, like, in edging, but like fringe on the edges, yes. edge play, yep. um, edging and on as the edge I, play. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, I got introduced to a lot of that very early in my like kink. I don't want to say career. (laughs) In my kink journey. If you publish the poetry, then you can claim it as a as a as a kink career. Yes, done, done. Um, 
yeah, so I got introduced to some of that more like fringe stuff when I was young and then kind of got away from it as I got introduced to like actual like the BDSM community and stuff like that um, and not just doing things at home <laughs> and getting out and learning and stuff like that. And then now that I've gotten more into the community and stuff like that. Now I've kind of started exploring all of those same things in completely different ways. So we've like come full circle and, but it's been more of a spiral because I'm in the same spot, but in a completely different place. (laughs) Upward spiral or downward spiral? Which way? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe horizontal. I don't (laughs) We're just Um, spiraling. I I have to ask, when you're saying like fringe or edge, edge play, um, Uh what, what are some examples of what we're talking here? Um, like knife play, blood play, um, consensual non-consent like abduction play there's been some um like fake fake gun play um, <laughs> yeah so yeah. so you started out down that path <laughs> yes i then... started out very very heavy into it <laughs> well give give the starting point from a self-harming perspective um the, the the knife and blood play makes sense to me yeah um and also the consensual non-consent makes sense to me in a different way mm-hmm. because like i don't know there's Ah, it's it's hard. Like, have you ever read the book um, My Secret Garden? Yes. Yes. Like, like if you read that book, it's like a, I don't know, the author sort of interviewed a bunch of women and was like, hey, like, tell me your darkest fantasies. Yeah. And then she put, put it out there and she was doing it from a feminist perspective, being like, hey, women can have, like, and do have dark fantasies. It doesn't mean they yeah. want this. It doesn't mean they want, like, they're after anything. But, it, you know, she she chronicled, like, every dark fantasy from, like, incest to animals to, mm-hmm. to like, yeah, non-consensual activities to, like, all of this sort of stuff. So it makes sense that you would sort of lean into that a little bit and then you've now, like, sort of went away from it. Now you're coming back to it because, yeah, it is. It, I mean, is it at the fringe? Like, what, what is what is at the fringe, it, you know? I would say the bulk of it is not at the fringe, but like some of the directions I would like to or have or have associated with people have taken it. Like I could see that being some of those things being a little more fringe. The the fringest one of all of those ones that you've said, I've never I've never heard or spoken to someone doing um abduction play. Um because like all of the other ones I feel can be, you know, take place in the home, right? Like you're uh-huh. in the home, you can do a CNC scene. You're in the uh-huh. home, you can do some blood stuff. You can do, I mean, but like like the, the the abduction stuff, that involves potentially the public, right? And like to me, there's a risk of like, like if I, if I saw a chick getting abducted, like I, I train martial arts, like I'm jumping in and saving them. I do too, saving. I do too. So <laughs> that's probably why I like it so much, I think, because it's like feel of getting actually overpowered because I've always been like the the big person. Like I'm six foot two and I have done three martial arts throughout my life. So like what you, what, if, not... what have you tried? Um I did a form of kung fu, a form of Okinawan karate and jujitsu. Like Brazilian jujitsu. Nice. I'm with you on the jujitsu. I've done some karate mm-hmm. back back in the day. I'm I'm doing MMA and jujitsu at the moment now, yes. so respect. That, um, yes. <laughs> so so and, and I like that it's jujitsu because those that train know that like jujitsu is the one to to contain people with, and it's the one that yes. will stop you getting contained. It's it's the yes. it's the CNC martial art. <laughs> right. It totally is. There's um I'm not gonna say that I haven't used um 
techniques and positions and holds mm-hmm. um, from a, from I worked a less with than a professional dom in a breath play class that was having me demonstrate rear naked chokes on her in like asexual oh, really? context. <laughs> oh, see, that's not that's that's blood blood like a rear naked choke is like carotid artery. That's a blood choke. That's not a breath uh-huh. choke though. Uh-huh. Did you did you put her unconscious? Like did she? No, no, she no. tapped, but she had jujitsu experience as well. So like we both knew what we were doing. Honest to God, the 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 tap in jujitsu, it's like so so. Just once again, if you don't know jujitsu, like sorry for the tangent, but <laughs> you fight, and then if you feel like you can't breathe, you're freaking out, you're in too much pain, your bones are going to break, whatever, you tap, and it's just like a tap 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 on their body. Everyone stops. It's like mm-hmm. a safe word for martial mm-hmm. arts. And it's really good for like just roughhousing or playing with your friends. Like I, I'm teaching my son how to fight and mm-hmm. he taps and we stop, right? Mm-hmm. But he'll do it with other adults and they're all playing. And then he starts freaking mm-hmm. out. And I'm like, I have to stop them just to make sure that both parties are happy. But if, if right. they both knew the tap, it's just, it's full consent. We're all golden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I use it in I use it in bed. I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> if I'm ever in like a scene or something where you know there isn't a verbal or a tactile cue that we can use, like it's a perfect one to use. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's talk abduction. Are you abducting people or are they abducting you? I mean, whoever wants to do whatever. <laughs> so um, I actually got the cops called to my apartment one time because of this. No. <laughs> okay do share um i live in a townhouse and um i had you know we i had discussed this fantasy of mine in full like we had discussed it a lot it wasn't just something that got pulled out of a hat one day and um but i had a partner who was willing to do it with me and i was like you know it's it's it was a little more heavily into the i mean abduction is ultimately just like super cnc so like um it's cnc on steroids and that's kind of what so he kind of waited in his car outside my apartment for me to get home and then like as i got home he like pushed me into my apartment and like the scene went on from there and we just you know it was very awesome and it was like a full-blown cnc scene and um i am not quiet when it is fully consensual so like i'm not quiet when it's also like consensually non-consensual and like my neighbor bless her like was very concerned (laughs) for my safety just happened to be like he was making sure there was no one outside or anything but i guess she was coming out of her apartment right as we were going into my apartment and there's a big bush in between us so there's no way we ever would have been able to see and then she heard me um like screaming in the staircase (laughs) and called the police and the police officer that reported was actually someone that I know from the swingers club that I go to. <laughs> and it was him and his partner that like came to check out what was going on. And I like answered the door, like my hair is a mess. My clothes are ripped. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, is everything okay in there? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And like the one that I knew was still in the car. He hadn't gotten out. Like his partner was at the door. And I was like, yeah, like it's fine. And this man is standing behind me. He's like a six foot six rugby player. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, 
um, do you need to come outside and talk? <laughs> and I was like, no, like this is, I think there's been a little bit of a miscommunication. <laughs> and finally the one in the car that knew me got out of the car and like came up and he was like, oh no, this is Jenna. Like she's in a weird shit. If she says she's okay, she's okay. <laughs> And then they left and I still to the, that was probably like seven years ago now. And I still to this day have not heard the end of that. So (laughs) (laughs) look, it it could have ended far worse for everyone involved. (laughs) Very much. Very much. What's, what's, um, what's, what's it called? Um, rack, right? Yes. Risk aware consensual kink. There you go. Um, cause, cause yeah, like, like it's, it's, um, yeah, God bless the neighbors. Um, uh, <laughs> lovely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so that was a, that was an example where you've been abducted. Have you abducted <laughs> anyone to play? Um. Yes. I. <laughs> so one of the guys that's submissive with me. Um. We have been friends with benefits for a very long time. Um, and he is a firefighter and, um, works with people who are also in the lifestyle and like know what he and I are into. (laughs) And, um, he had a, a fantasy that he wanted to be abducted. And he, again, is much larger than me. Um, and so one of two of my friends that he worked with, um, actually helped me set up his like kidnapping scene. like kept him after their shift was over one day and to the point that like no one was going to be around and I actually like zip tied his hands like duct taped his mouth threw him in the back of my car and then like brought him to my house and left him chained in my basement for two days two days (laughs) it's what he wanted like I fed and watered and everything but like he was down there for a whole weekend. <laughs> okay, so I'm always curious about the logistics, right? Mm-hmm. Ha- do you prearrange when this is going to happen? Or is it like, hey, sometimes in the next week, in the next month, or just like open season? Like, like I want to be abducted, but hey, like, you know, don't, don't ruin the surprise. Because it's like, if you plan the abduction, then you know it's coming, right? Right. Um, I will usually have some kind of a safe word that the abductor says um, to say like, hey, this isn't real. Like, (laughs) (laughs) So like if I ever am getting abducted and like the person doesn't say that word, I should know that it's probably not someone I know and I need to like fight back. So, so you have no concept. Have you got like an open invite to a few people? Just like, hey, if you're ever in the area, if you ever feel down for it, I've got a spare weekend. Just, just, do, is, do you set days? Like, don't abduct me on like Wednesday through Friday because I'm working. Like, how does it, how does it work? I mean, my work schedule's super consistent, so like everyone knows when I need to be where and stuff. At least everyone in my life, I'm not like that predictable. But like anyone that I'm would have that kind of an agreement with knows generally like where I need to be and when and what my free days are and such. <laughs> so, so only abduct me on the days I've got off. <laughs> yeah. Or abduct me and let me go in time for work the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so so are you gonna you're gonna play the Stockholm syndrome where like if you let's say they do abduct you, but something comes up, it's like okay, you've got Stockholm syndrome. You're coming straight back here, and we're continuing this shit. Yes. <laughs> I like um, this because oh, I did do that once actually. Um, it was with my first dom because it was one of the weeks that like I was staying with him, and it was like he was it was he like threatened me and like gave me a backpack or something. <laughs> I was like, there's a bomb in this backpack if you do this or this. Like, so it was very much like kidnappy. Like <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> So so this man that you abducted with the help of his friends. Mm-hmm. Are his friends in the scene? Yes. Okay, good. All right. So I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't sure how that was playing. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did you know if he had any like sort of family situation on that weekend or was it just like not like a real abduction? It was, Your family doesn't I know mean, where you are. I knew he didn't because he's like a single guy that lives by himself. So like it was very like I kind of know his schedule anyway. What if he had like a catch up with grandma or something? How's he going to explain that to grandma? He could have safe worded and told me. <laughs> <laughs> was Okay, so so a question I ask most people was like, have you ever fulfilled a, f- a true fantasy, and was it all that you expected? But I'm going to flip that for you, so you can feel free to answer that for yourself. But was your abduction of this uh, firefighter a hero, a saint of the community? Um, was <laughs> was he happy with the abduction experience? Ten out of ten would would go again. Yeah, yeah, he wants to do it again sometime. The the logistics just haven't worked out since then. So, anytime someone wants to repeat something, that's a success in my in my mind. Well, you got you got three three attempts, right? That first attempt yeah. was a yes. Maybe the next time. We t- <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I want to I want to um, change change tracks now. Like, feel free to like bring it back to anything you like. But mm-hmm. you, you just reminded me, you're we're in your kitchen right now, right? Dining room, yeah. yeah. Di- dining room. Okay, so so you've got the cross right in the dining room. So I'm imagining everyone that comes to your house is well aware of everything going on. Yeah, I'm pretty open about most everything. So anyone who is coming into my space like knows that they need to expect weird shit when they get here. So from like say like a family perspective or like non-vanilla perspective, how do you – like, like I've got tattoos, right? And some mm-hmm. members of my family are like, oh, tattoos. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it's sort of like – how do you how do you broach it with the the vanilla or less accepting people in your life? Do you just not have them over, not show them, or is it just like I really don't have? I've gotten kind of to the point just in being this like I'm not saying this in like a derogatory way, but like being this weirdo that I am that like all my friends are weirdos too. So like there isn't anyone that I could invite over really that doesn't expect this or doesn't already know about it. I don't think. Yep. Um, like my family, it's not something that we really talk about, but they can't come over because they're allergic to my pets anyway. So like, <laughs> it's not going to be them coming in my house. Um, my mom knows that I'm into stuff that she doesn't want to know about, but that's pretty much the extent of that. Cool. Okay. I like that. Um, see, and that's, that's something that I really appreciate is like, the more you discover your true self, the more the people around you will be on that same path. And the more that mm-hmm. you can just lean into your true self and embrace it and then just have abduction sessions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, once a week and two of the people in the group are also people that I go to the swingers club with and they come to my house and we have, yeah, like it's just 
everything kind of starts overlapping after a while. Okay, so you're mentioning like swingers clubs or sort of like like groups. How mm-hmm. how does one find these groups in their local area? Um, a lot of mine has been like FetLife or um just or just meeting people in the community. The more people I meet, the more I like learn that there is and stuff like that. So um, it's kind of just been feeding off of itself. Originally, you know, I joined the FetLife website and that was kind of where I found my first event. And then I met some people there and then I friended them and saw events they were going to. And um, it kind of helped that I was like introduced to the scene by someone who was already kind of developed in the scene. So I like knew where the spots were and what the groups were and things like that, even if I didn't necessarily attend them at that point in time. I like that 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 mentor. This 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 man sounds like a great great person. Mentor, kinky life coach. <laughs> yeah. Um he very much like it was like one of the I don't want to say weirdest experiences of my life, but like just like the way he taught me about consent and everything was like still super hot. And like, was like, it wasn't those weird, like awkward, what you would expect of having like, Oh, I'm going to teach you what this thing is. And then I'm going to teach you about this kind of consent. How, how did he, um, how did he do consent? Like, cause it's, it's quite important because it's, it's, it's not just like, Hey, do you want this? It's like, do you know what this is? Like, are you right? It's like in like you you have to have in it has to be informed consent because if you say yes to something it's like oh yeah. right guess we're doing this abduction CNC play like hang on hang on <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, it's very much like you don't know what you don't know um so so how did he do it he would um at the beginning of every like official scene that we were doing um would walk me through word for word what he was going to do to me, how he was going to do it, what he was going to use to do it. And then he would say, do you consent to A? Do you consent to B? Do you?" And like would walk back through all of it and ask me one at a time, like if I consented to each of those things. And then if I ever had a question about any of them, he would take it off the table for that night if I didn't know what it was. Um, and then we would talk about it, try it later on down the road. And then if I ended up liking it, he would put it into a later scene. You said that it was like his his getting consent was itself, like wasn't boring. It was almost sexy. It was sort of like mm-hmm. getting consent as foreplay because you're sort of talking through yeah. what you're going to do. So it's like, so it's like exactly hey. What it was. Thank you for listening to the Kinky Conversations podcast. For early access to new episodes, bonus content, and exclusive access to the Sultry Soundbites, the Kinky Community Discord channel, and more sexy bonuses. Sign up at patreon.com slash kinkyconversations. That's patreon.com slash kinkyconversations. This episode of the Kinky Conversations podcast is brought to you by Honey Playbox. At Honey Playbox, we believe that pleasure should be fun and fabulous for everyone. Our belief centers on how pleasure, play, health, and accessibility are necessary for positive sexual experiences. We hope more people feel inspired to explore desires without shame. And that's why we keep our toys affordable to let more people access sexual pleasure. You can get 20% off store-wide at honeyplaybox.com when you use the referral code 
kinky at checkout. And now, back to the conversation. Yeah. So, so, so the, 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 the graphic description of like, this is, we're going to do, look, I'm going to do this with you in this way. Right. For, for it would be lo- very much like, like if we were, you know, going on my cross, he would be like, um, I'm going to put a leather handcuff on your right wrist and then clip that to the cross. Then I'm going to put a leather handcuff on your left wrist and clip that to the cross. Like it was very, very detailed like that. Um, and then, you know, if I ever, it also kind of showed me that I was allowed to say no or ask questions or communicate if I was uncomfortable with something because it wasn't like, you know, he he was like, oh, well, I'm going to hit you with this braided flogger. And then I'm going to hit you with this patent leather flogger. And then I'm going to hit you with this flogger with rivets at the end. And I'd be like, let's hold off on that one. And then he would take it out of the scene. We'd talk about it. If it was something that I just like didn't know what it was or didn't know what it would feel like, um, he would try it in a non like scene related time um, and then let me decide if I liked it or not. And then we would put it back in later on. A couple of questions down this path. I like I like that approach, the, the, the consent for each part. And you could definitely do that in a way as foreplay. So well mm-hmm. done. Um, mm-hmm. Consent as foreplay. Let's go. I had a... Had a chat on a previous episode talking about um making content for OnlyFans as mm-hmm. foreplay, right? So mm-hmm. it's like I like I like this sort of like dual purpose foreplay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> poetry is foreplay. Let's uh, let's do this. Um, <laughs> Everything is foreplay. Life is foreplay. Um, <laughs> okay, so what I was going to say how how let's say you're halfway through a scene. Mm-hmm. Do how did how did he maintain consent? Because obviously like no matter how much you talk about it, you can't, you don't know your, your mind frame when you're in a scene. Right. And things can feel different to your imaginations. So how did he ensure continued, um, you know, like sort of concurrent consent as you're going on? Um, So I have a stoplight system of safe words that I use. um, And I have kept that with me since then. That's something that I have always used. Um, and he would just check in, especially if it was something new that I hadn't done or I hadn't done much. Um, he would just say like color and would ask me what color I was feeling. Um, so even if it was green, he still had like, yes, this is very enthusiastic consent. Um, so so great green is like, so the way I break up my safe words, um, green is yes. Green is, this is great. Don't stop doing what you're doing. I'm enjoying myself. Um, yellow is, um, slow down on this specific activity that you're doing right now. Like I'm almost at my limit. Um, red is stop this activity, but don't stop the scene entirely. So like I've hit my limit with this. I'm done with this. I don't want to do this the rest of the scene, but I also don't want the scene to end. Um, and then my actual like full stop, I'm done with everything safe word is meatloaf because meatloaf. I'll put- I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> I like I like the, the distinction you've got there with red being like that that's a nuance that I haven't heard, which actually is 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 quite cool. Mm-hmm. You want the scene to continue, but not this aspect of the scene. I like that nuance mm-hmm. that you've thought of that. Mm-hmm. And it's been beneficial because I've I've used it quite a few times actually that um, because I am 
quote unquote, an edge player. Um, so I do have scenes often that I kind of get close to my limits or at my limits. So it's good to have that nuance. Do, do you want to push your limits? Um, or is it sort of like, you know, where you're at and you're like, no, like I'm, I'm happy with sort of where I'm at. I like to push my limits. It's, and I think in some things I've kind of gotten to where I like to be. Um, but then there are other just like either newer kinks or even older kinks that I'm like, maybe we could go a little further with this or do something different with this. Um, and those are the ones I generally like to push. So, and then it's just finding someone that is on the same page and willing to sort of walk you down that path. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Quick question a bit out of left field. Say with martial arts or like any sort of sports, there's like a meta game, right? Like things evolve, people change, <laughs> that sort of stuff, right? Being yeah. in the scene as heavily as you are, is there like a meta game of kink as in like, sort of like people were into this sort of play and now they're more into that sort of play or is it just, is it purely unique to the couples or the individuals? <sighs> I think, I mean, there. I, I tend to see a lot of trends over time. I wouldn't necessarily say a full on like meta game, but there's <laughs> trends is trends is more the word that that I was I was leaning yeah. for warts, but like yeah. meta either way, like we'll go um, there. It's and it's kind of more of like a path that people follow rather than like specific individuals or specific groups of people or anything like that, like the earlier you're you're getting into kink you're doing things that either one you don't like are dangerous and you don't realize it <laughs> um because you don't know what you don't know and um or it's just very like i saw this on tv and wanted to try it and then you have kind of the intermediate people that are like oh i actually learned a class or took a class and learned how to choke someone correctly so i want to explore that and all the different ways you can do breath play but then you have the people that are like i've been here for 20 years and i want something new like <laughs> <laughs> okay on, on the something new i imagine the something new is more towards the fringe the edge edge play right and not, I mean, those are going to be, I want to say yes for the most part, but also it's the people that are like coming up with like really creative ways to do things or like just something that you like look at a toy that they're holding and you're like, I never would have thought of that, but I could have made that in my basement. Like, so like I have a blogger that I bought from someone that has plastic shipping straps as the falls and it. Like they're just plastic thin, probably an inch, inch and a half thick. Um, and they're about a foot and a half long and they're just like stiff, scratchy plastic. Huh. Um, and they're on a handle and they hurt and they are relatively mean and leave really good welts. And like someone that's been in the scene for a really long time made that. And they were like, Hey, this is a great idea. I should do this. And I was like, I could have thought of that, but I never would have. <laughs> I like that. You get you get so far into the scene, you're, you're home making your, your floggers yeah. and other devices. Yeah, people just get really creative and kind of find their niche and then just stay within it or get into some of that more like fringe edge play type <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> have you contributed anything to the scene like that? Oh. <sighs> Not the scene per se. Um, I do have some furniture bits in my house that have been homemade. Um, <laughs> Converting chairs and other such things. Yes. Uh, I have actually a hardwood bed frame 
that um, I took the headboard and the footboard and made them into an L shape. And they have like <laughs> hydraulics on them so I can open and close it or lay it flat. Um, and it can be used as like a pen for like pet play or anything like that. I can also like lock it in an L position and use it for bondage. Like, so I've gotten pretty creative with some things. I have some also like um, decommissioned religious furniture that has been turned into sex furniture. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) You're like, you're like the, um, like a satanic engineer. Like you, you, you go (laughs) and. It's so true. Oh, I'm adding that to my Tinder bio. Satanic engineer. <laughs> yes. Oh, I please do. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, how do you? How do you? One. How does one acquire? Um. Um. um, um what was it? Like, I mean, it's not being used anymore, right? Like you're recycling. Right. That's that's helpful. I bought it from a church that was no longer a church, so <laughs> they were <laughs> closing. So I bought some of their furniture. <laughs> Does is it the fact that it's like was in a church adds to the flair, or is it just the is it the functionality of the device? Also, so I kind of I have a religious kink, also like a religious fetish, if you will. Um, so I was like raised Catholic, and some of it just has very like oh, I remember being hit with a ruler on this. I wonder how I could make that happen again, like. Hey, re- reclaiming that past trauma. I'm all for that. Yeah. So I think that was a big, it's just all stuff that gets very versatile. And I'm like, I feel like they knew what they were doing when they built it. But like, one is like a kneeling bench that you can use for any number of things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, fair enough. Like, you, you, we don't think, <laughs> you are the satanic engineer after all. <laughs> okay. I do. I do want to ask of cha- cha- changing uh, changing lanes a little bit here, um, away from the uh, the, the, the church based uh, reclamation. Uh-huh. Um, what what is it about pain or submission, like from a psychological perspective, that you enjoy? Like, like you're like looking at like like you're looking at the thing. You're like this. This could be good for kneeling. This could be good for getting bound. This could be good for pain. Like. Uh-huh. Have you had that process? And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a writer, so I'm thinking, and I'm thinking you might be the right. same way. Have you sort of introspected and tried to sort of like psychoanalyze or dissect or sort of look into like why? It's actually really funny that you ask that because that's something I've been like heavily thinking and like processing about for the past like two weeks now. Um, so I actually recently just started identifying as a sadomasochist instead of like an actual like switch or dom or sub or anything like that. And a lot of it is okay. just because I enjoy pain and like <laughs> there isn't really a whole lot behind it. I don't, th- I have a really good therapist who's also like a poly and kink and like sex affirming therapist. Um, So I can talk about a lot of this stuff with him without getting like the judgy, like, but why do you want people to hurt you? Like, and he asks it in like a a legitimate, like, let's talk about this way. Not in a, like, I'm judging you type way. But, um, yeah. Find a good therapist just as a complete aside. Like if you first, I've had like five, I'm onto my sixth. She's great. 
Um, uh-huh. But the first five were fucking atrocious for various yeah. reasons. So I you stopped know. going to this one for a while because he stopped taking my health insurance, and I went to six in a year and a half between stopping going to him and starting going to him again. And um, they were awful. Like one was telling me <laughs> in in more words that I was a whore and like shouldn't have been dating more than one person at a time, and like <laughs> all of these other things. Um, yeah, it's so funny, funny the world views that people people per- permit. It's like it's not a therapist shouldn't be a judge of moral character. It should be like because like I don't know. Like this is a com- completely aside, but yeah, like in- unless unless you are like hyper religious, like m- morals are like human dictated, right? Right. So, so it's like you, you you know like whether like it's it's not about how many people you have sex with. It's about is your behavior like helping you functionally to right. survive to 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 fr- flourish in the society you're in now they could argue that that like you know like hypersexuality might have issues and cause sort of like stigma from society and that might mm-hmm. cause issues and that yeah. that is a legitimate issue with people in the community it's like oh you you're having a lot of sex and you get judgment mm-hmm. but that's not you know what i mean like like that's a yeah. different way of approaching yeah. the same issue or right? you're you're having a lot of sex in like a harmful way like 100% yeah but it's not it's not the sex like it's it's a it, it's, it's how it's does the, the process behind the sex rather than yeah. like the sex itself i mean if you're getting abducted every weekend maybe there's like you know you might not have time to do other self-care needs but <laughs> <laughs> can you practice your art if you're tied up <laughs> we'll leave your right hand free <laughs> <laughs> okay so 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 you've, you've identified as a sadomasochist so enjoyer yeah. of giving and receiving pain Yes. It's just like, I know for me personally, like receiving pain, it's just some, there's like, I, I've just been like, it's weird. Cause like, it's not a way that I was raised. Like my family is all very like, let's talk about our feelings and let's all hug and blah, blah, blah. But like, I've never been that type of person to like vocalize when I'm feeling poorly or great or whatever. Um, but like the, the receiving pain aspect of things very much gives me a way to like communicate those feelings without communicating those feelings. So like if I text my Dom and I'm like, Hey, I had a really bad day. Can you come hit me for an hour? Like, (laughs) like, he's like, yeah, like, okay. Do you want to cry or do you not want to cry? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's a form of therapy that's working for you. Yeah, very much so. I can Very see much. why you like jujitsu. Um, it's 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 quite painful at times. Mm-hmm. Is there a crossover there of of pain to pleasure? I think it makes it a little easier for me. I want to say because like I can push myself through certain situations where someone else may tap out. <laughs> <laughs> Never tap to pain. You don't tap no. to pain. You tap to you tap to um like if my bones are going to break, I'm tapping right. Yeah. I, or like, I know exactly the point when I'm about to pass out from not being able to breathe. So like, if I can just stop right before that, like that gives me an extra 30 seconds. Like, 100%. I, um, I, for ages, not for ages, for, for a good three to six months, I played what I called a, um, a zombie guard or a graveyard guard. I would lay down uh-huh. on the bottom and just hide, hide my arms, right? Uh-huh. and let the person get on top. And I was talking to them, I was getting in their head the whole time. I'm like, you know, like I'm a zombie. I don't feel pain. I don't have blood. Do what you like. And just just lay there. And if they would get a slight position, I'd be like, I'm going to do a roll in the grave. And I'll just slightly turn. And then I'm like, <laughs> look, I can play inverted. And I'll come to my belly. 
and sort of play face down. But because I'm hiding and it's, you know, no gi and you can't yeah. strike because it you right. know, doesn't work in MMA. Um, right. No. They would apply all of this pressure stuff and I'd look at them and just smile and be like, I don't feel pain. And, uh-huh. then, and it got to the stage where they're like, hang on, wait, do, you don't feel pain? I'm like, no, I'm just, I just know my limits real well, buddy. Yeah. And it, and I know myself. <laughs> I know myself. And they'll like, you know, when, when you get quite good, you can sort of like, they're choking you and just do a slight adjustment and the choke's mm-hmm. no longer on, but they're fucking right. squeezing. Right. And you're like, sorry, buddy, jujitsu doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Try again on someone else. Bye. <laughs> But then, but then they'll flip it and they'll be like, oh yeah, I see what he's doing. I can do that. I'll flip it and I'll like, you know, crank the head, knee right into the sternum. And they're like, ah! <laughs> they flip yes. it back and I just smile at them again. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I like so pain. Much. I can just, I'm just, it's, 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 I don't enjoy the feeling of pain but I like mm-hmm. knowing my limits. You know, I want to know it's like, oh, my bone's yeah. about to break. That's that's an important place to know. But anything up to then, that's fine. Right, right, absolutely. But it it, it sounds like you, you get, you're, you're getting pleasure from pain. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like not, I wouldn't say it's like, like what you would expect from your general definition of pleasure, but like, like, it's just a like different, like a warm hug. <laughs> well, like pleasure comes in multiple forms. It's not just yeah. like you know, like but, like yeah. genital based stimulation, right? But that I feel like when most people hear pleasure, that's generally what they're, especially in this context, that's generally what they're thinking of. But hundred um, percent. But you said it just then, like a warm hug, or like if you're hungry or thirsty and you have food or water. If you need busting right. to go to the toilet, right? Like it's yeah. it's there's there's a <laughs> yeah, definitely pleasure can come from it's multiple very, areas. Like, this is delightful. Like so, oh, um, so for like kind of specific like example of it, um, we just did a scene last weekend at the club where I was um we were just in the middle of the room with people walking by and everything. And I was tied to a bench and we were just doing like a pretty heavy impact scene um, kind of in the middle of the crowd. And it was just very like, I go into this like fuzzy brain spot that I'm just like, Oh, everything's wonderful. Like this is the best day of my life. Like, <laughs> And that's kind of like the pleasure that I get from all of that maybe maybe there's a there's a there's an animalistic like evolutionary response here but you know how there's like the fight flee fight Mm -hmm. fight or flight response after Mm -hmm. that like the animal like craps itself right to to try and like freak out the animal but after that it just sort of the blame it it just it just lays over and accepts its death and just gets flooded (laughs) with like good feeling chemicals it's like well you're gonna die but just you know like here you go it's like when you get euphoria right before you die of hypothermia it's the same You're working a way to trigger the uh, the, the pre-death euphoria. <laughs> okay, so I want to bring it back to um, the, 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 the knife or blood play, right? Uh-huh. And obviously, like you, you've said, you've come from a place of self-harming into that. Uh-huh. Um, I, want to t- I want you to talk about, if you can, like ha- how you do it, like the practical side of it, but also the... Like I'm guessing like the mental state when you're self-harming, like I've self-harmed before, it's a completely different mental state to mm-hmm. being in a scene and doing, you know, that sort of stuff. So how mm-hmm. do you do it and how's the mental state when you're doing it? I think like now that was how long ago? 
almost 15 years ago now. Um, so I think when I first got into it, it was kind of like I had to be in a kind of a bad mental state for, for me to enjoy it. Um, or for me to enjoy being on the receiving end of it. Um, I honestly feel like having self, this is going to sound really morbid and, uh, I apologize for that, but, um, like having self-harmed, I think it helps me be a better top for knife and blood play. Um, because yeah, like I know a lot about, you know, blade pressure and like, do I want to break skin versus do I want to just leave marks or do I, and like cleaning wounds and stuff like that. So a lot of it like kind of carried over. And now that I'm in like a better headspace mentally, now it's just, it goes back into the, like, I enjoy pain. So I like receiving it and then it makes me a better top because I know a little more of the the safety side of it, I think. I think what you said there is an interesting thing in the self-harm space. It's like you got to learn how to clean the wound. It's not mm-hmm. just – you don't just – it's not just like a the action. It's a, it's a cleaning after the fact. So when you're doing it to other people or having it done to you, like mm-hmm. you don't want to get infected. You know, like right. <laughs> you right. want to make sure that the instruments are clean. You want to like – and I guess this is one that it's not – this is like really like one of those things that you shouldn't just jump into. Like you really need right, to have definitely. guidance, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about everything, but I tend to over, I'm also like neurodivergent and like, um, I tend to over research things before I just dive into them. And I don't think everyone should be on the level that I am per se, but like, I definitely think everyone should do their research before they get into any, any new kinks because oh, there's just so much. Hundred percent, like, like, like. Obviously, we're talking an extreme, but I find the the, the mm-hmm. extreme highlights the the less extreme, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's clear, it's obvious the need to research how, like, so much safety factors for doing blood play, right? But you might not do that if you've got like a whip, because it's like, right. oh, I'll just or I'll just tie them up. It's like, well, okay, are you? How's your circulation there? How's right. your consent? Do you know are how in a place- circulation? Do you know? Yeah, like, yeah, and that's There's- I. One of the best things that I did when I was first starting out was with that same Dom. He actually enrolled both of us together in an anatomy class at the local college. Um, an anatomy class. Okay. Uh-huh. So it, and that has carried over. I mean, I've always been kind of interested in, you know, sciences like that anyway, like biological sciences, but um, it has carried over into rope. It has carried over into impact. It has carried over into basically every aspect of my kinky life because I know where nerves are and I know what, you know, a lack of circulation looks like. And I know what parts you should hit versus what parts you shouldn't hit because there's stuff you need to protect on those parts. Like, and it was super beneficial. Makes a lot of sense. I, I see, I definitely see the value from multiple, multiple things. Just more knowledge is, is key. Mm-hmm. Drill, drilling down on, on, on the, on the knife, on the knife play for a second. Mm-hmm. You, as you would obviously have to consent, like you know, because you're you're leaving scars effectively, right? Mm-hmm. Can can you sort of not always, just but to, yeah. You you could leave scars if you you know like if yeah. you're cutting someone, right? So right, right, you know that that's a you know a permanent to semi permanent um mark. Is right. there is there a position that you would sort of like a part of the body that you would lean towards? when doing it obviously this isn't advice for anyone listening to do this do your own research but like you personally you know because it's like if you do it in certain areas it does look it might look like self-harm like Mm -hmm. how you know how does how does it work 
I generally, for people, or even for myself, um, tend to stick a little more toward um, backs, uh, you know, backs of thighs, hips, anything that is generally going to be covered by clothing in most settings um, is kind of, and that's, I, a lot of the partners that I've had have been, like, we've used dull blades, so we aren't actually breaking skin. Um and so it just leaves like scratches for a few days or something like that versus actually breaking the skin. Um, I've only had one or two partners that have actually wanted me to break skin and they were, they made it clear, like they communicated where they were comfortable with me, me doing it. Um, so yeah. Related question on this. We're talking about like having a scene, right? Yeah. Will you, when you're when you're playing with someone who'd be like, okay, scene starting, how do how do you sort of like identify like we're talking about the lead up? Is the lead up or the discussion of what's going to be in the scene part of the scene, if that makes sense? Or is it like, okay, you know, tomorrow or the day after or whatever, we're gonna do these things, and then like you'll get to a sign, it's like, all right, you know, hanging out, chill. All right, now the scene started. How how do you how do you do that? I think it's different with different partners. Um and it's usually well communicated beforehand. Um, like my current Dom that I have, um, we usually will spend some time just talking and catching up with each other and everything like that. Um, when, when he first gets here, cause we usually play at my house. And, um, but then when he's ready to start, like we have a series of like rituals that we go through. So he'll say like, let's begin. And I get up, I get him a, a cup of ice water, I go to the specific play area that we're using at that time, and then I wait for him there. Um, and But then, like, if I have, like, one of my partner or one of my submissives that I have, um, it's very much like we just discuss, I'm like, what do, what do you feel like doing? So it's a little less planned. Um, and I'm like, what do you feel like doing tonight? What are you in the mood for? And then I'll say, you know, how do you feel about this, this, and this, when you're ready, just go, you know, indicate that you're ready by being near whatever it is that we're doing or being in the play space or whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, and then you play for a certain amount of time and then you're stepping out of that space. Is there a coming out Mm -hmm. ritual that you'll have with, with your dom or that you'll, you'll employ? Um, with my dom, generally, um, I'm a little different because I usually am kind of indifferent about aftercare. Um, and that's been controversial with some people. Um, some of the groups that I'm in and such are very like on the TikToks and stuff. I know it's called TikTok, but I can't call it that. Um, okay. So just, just, just pull it, pull it back a slice. So most people, when they play, they want to have aftercare. So can you yeah. just sort of break down what most people expect and then you don't, um, you don't want this or you don't need it or you're, you're just like, just let's just keep keep the train going sort of thing? Like, uh-huh. how does it work? Um, in my experience, what most people expect and kind of assume with aftercare is that it's like cuddles and loving words and just nice touches. And um, it usually will involve treating any wounds that exist if you need to or, um, you know, letting your, your top know of any like lingering pain or stiffness or anything like that. Um, which is something that I do with, with my Dom, I will say, you know, Hey, you know, my shoulders hurt from this and this thing, or, um, you know, my, my back's stinging a little more than it should be this late in the game. Like, can you check that out or something like that? Um, but I like, 
I, I don't know if it is partially just like the, like, I like the pain side of things, but I don't feel the need to have that, like, oh, I didn't mean anything I said. I'm so sorry. Like, and that's kind of what it feels like. It just feels very, like, disingenuine to me because I'm like, you just, you know, called me a dirty whore and hit me for an hour. And now you're like, oh, I love you. You're such a pretty not whore. Like, um, <laughs> And it just kind of like takes away from it for me. So like, you know, I may just scamper off and go do something else if we're out in public or if I'm at home, I'll throw some sweatpants on and make food or something. I don't know. (laughs) So look, I I am one for letting people do whatever they like, right? Uh So if you, you know, if you like that sort of stuff, fine. If you don't like it, fine. But but why you've said it was controversial, as in like it seems like you might be getting a little bit shamed for um for not wanting the aftercare or people are like, is something wrong? You know, like is that sort of the situation that's happening? Yeah, there's I think and it's more of a trend that I'm noticing now because a lot of the people that I know that have been in the scene kind of the same amount of time as me or the same experience level as me or anything like that, like have similar feelings toward like, if you want aftercare, I'll give it to you. If you don't, that's fine too. But there's a trend with some of the people that are kind of new to the scene or just kind of exploring things that are like, aftercare is non-negotiable. I will give you aftercare if you want it or not. And I'm like, that's not like, that kind of goes against the whole point of it and all of this. Like, It, it should be what, what you want and what you need yeah. personally because yeah. there might be a time where you do have a scene or something comes up where in which you do need that encouragement right and but, there's just uh, been uh, so much that like it's like i've had i actually had someone step into a scene that i was doing with my dom <laughs> because we were like just wrapping up and I started like we ended I started cleaning up and just started to walk away and like get what I needed and someone actually would like pulled my dom aside and was like you need to give her aftercare and I was like please do not interfere in this like, <laughs> I appreciate you looking out but like I feel like you can tell that we have a relationship with each other. So I've probably communicated and like, I appreciate people looking out for other people, but like. It's such a hard space because you want to make sure everyone's safe and happy and all of that sort of stuff and respected and understand what's going on. And like, you know, maybe, maybe they, they thought that, you know, your dom didn't quite get it or whatever, but it's like, Oh, it's, it's hard. But yeah, I don't yeah. know what the right answer is. I'm not sure if there stepping into one. someone else. I'm convinced. We've even had like, oh, and that's I tend to play pretty intense in some situations, um, and like there have been times that we. This is, I guess, kind of on the a tangent about like safety and looking out for other people, but like, um, there have been times that, like, I've we haven't been able to do an intense scene at home for whatever reason, because of a lack of furniture or something like that, or like it takes space that we don't have or something like that. Um, And this is, I'm going off of like someone stepping into our scene to like kind of interrupt. And I feel like there's, there are going to be people no matter what like precautions you take to say, Hey, we're being safe. Like 
there's always going to be someone that is like an expert quote unquote expert um that thinks they can be safer than you so uh yeah it's i don't know like i i tend to look at this and like just just let people play how they want to play yeah unless it's like a clear like it's it's hard because you, you don't want to step in or across other people's dynamics but you don't want someone to be abused but it's like it's a it's a right. it's a hard space right and that was one that came up a lot with my first dom just because he was so much older than me like that was a huge stopping point for a lot of people because they were like there's no way that someone like that much older than this person can not be taking advantage of that you, you would obviously push back against that um yeah. what's what's your response to those sort of claims um, I would usually just try. I mean, if I, I heard it directly and it wasn't something that we were like mid scene or something like that, I would usually try and like just have a conversation about it and be like, hey, like, why do you like, is there something that you're seeing between the two of us that is actually causing you to think that versus like, you're just looking at his age versus my age. And yeah. that's it. I mean, like it make it makes sense once again from an outside perspective. Someone, someone, what forty? Forty two, actually, forty two years older than me. Make makes sense, but yep. then it's like I like what you did, like sort of directly. It's like, what do you actually see? Because you said that he came with green flags as opposed to yeah. red flags. Yeah. So it's like, can you just t- talk on that for a little bit, and then we'll we'll sort of tie tie up our conversation. But mm-hmm. what are some green flags that he or other people have given you, or do can show? Um, and what are some like red the- flags? The first six months I knew him, we did not do a single BDSM scene. Um, we He would send me things. Um, he, like, kind of assigned me homework to, like, research and, like, come up with a list of things you may be interested in um, just based off of porn or whatever off the internet. Um, and then, like, the first time that we did play it was in it was in a public space like a a local dungeon so we weren't like it wasn't just the two of us so if i were to need to say a safe word like there were witnesses around and things like that so he was protecting himself and me um which i think was and that's something that a lot of people don't think about so um it was a lot of similar stuff like that, like just making, doing everything he could to make me comfortable and keep me safe, even if I didn't realize that that was what was happening at the time. And and the taking it slow. Mm-hmm. Very much, especially since I didn't know a whole lot of formal anything about any of it. Sounds like he knew he knew pretty much what he was doing. Um, what what would some red flags be that you've either seen or that you would you know like if someone did it, you're like, yeah, that is a red flag. Um, someone who wants to jump into a scene without a discussion first. Um, even if it's someone, you know, like if they do not want to have a discussion about, or don't, don't invite, it's not that they don't want to, but they don't even invite a discussion about what do you like? What do you not like? Um, like, where are you? What's your experience? Things like that. Um, that's always a really big red flag for me. Um, you know, someone that, tends to talk about their experience like their experience level but doesn't have anything to back it up um so like especially here in my city i know it's different obviously in different places where it's bigger cities and things like that like everyone kind of knows everyone so Mm. or at least just knows of people 
Um, so like, if you say, you know, I've been in the scene for 23 years and I've lived here the whole time and, you know, I am a teacher and blah, blah, blah. But then like, I have five friends in the scene that have no idea who you are. Like, that's obviously a red flag to me. Yeah. Um, and you may have that experience. It's just, there isn't anything to let me know that. Do you think people might like put on a front wanting to sort of like seem better than what they are? Absolutely. It's everyone I mean, that, wants to be an expert. <laughs> <laughs> that leads that leads to danger. Um hey, there's one there's one more question I wanted to get, then I'll give you a chance to tie up tie up any any uh, loose ends of the many, many uh disparate topics we've been talking about. Um we talked about your like what you get, like the pleasure of feeling pain. But uh-huh. on the other side of things if you're a sadomas, if you identify as both, right? Mm-hmm. What joy do you get from giving pain? Oh, it's so fun. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really like making people cry. Like I, and it goes, it goes back to the whole, like with the colors and the physiological reactions to sounds like, it makes me a little tingly when someone starts crying because I did something to them that caused it. Like obviously consensually. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's something, I don't know if there's something like primal about it. And it's just like the sheer level of like trust that someone has to put into you to let you do something like that to them. Um, that like, I feel I'm very, very much into like interpersonal relationships and human connection and all of that. So like, I feel like I can connect people with people on a way deeper level than I ever could not doing that. So like. (laughs) Fair call. I like, I like, I like the initial response. Like you've got the, um, you've got the emotional response and then you've got the back end logic. It's like, I love making people cry, but it's like a psychological connection. You know, we get the deep, the deep emotionality. You don't know someone until they've cried in your arms after being spanked. Right. 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 Exactly. (laughs) No, I, I get a little bit of that from once again from jujitsu. It's like if you okay. if you've got someone in a dominated position, or you make them submit, or like you know you're controlling them, and they just get that frustration, that frustrated grunt. You're like, Duh. you're like, yes, that's you're feeding you're feeding the demon, buddy. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it, I love I love being able to have these conversations with people because it's like I, I feel that kinkiness or fetishes or like this whole space is on a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. As in, like, most people might have, like, a zero to two on the spectrum of liking to give and receive pain. You know, like, if you've, if you've ever, like, cut, like, you know, you've been, like, just as a very basic example, been driving and someone's, like, being a bit of an asshole behind you or you think they are, and you just slow down just a little bit, right? You like giving someone pain, you know? Yes. Right? Or, like, or, like, um... You know, like there's like, you know, you're watching like um a TV show and there's a bit of drama or a bit of like schadenfreude, you know, you're feeling, a, you know, so there's, it's like, it's, it's such a small thing. It's just most people I feel, you know, people that are vanilla, quote unquote, are in this smaller range, but everyone's on the same spectrum. You know, everyone likes it. Like the people that watch Game of Thrones from start to finish. Like you are absolutely <laughs> a masochist in some sense of the word. <laughs> Hey, it was a different sort of pain. The first four to five seasons were one sort of pain, and the last three seasons were a distinct other oh, sort know. of pain. I know. <laughs> Fuck those last seasons. Um, okay, 
is there any topics or or themes or anything that we've brought up that we we, we want to sort of um, just tie up a loose end because I'm aware we've talked on many different areas here. Actually, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> any messages you'd like to leave the audience with, considering what we've discussed? Oh, keep doing weird stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, be weird. Why not? There is one one final thing I want to ask. Um, keep doing keep doing weird. I fucking appreciate that. Get the kinks. You want to let your kink flag fly, freak flag yeah. fly. Um, I'm surprised having had a discussion. Now I'm looking at you wearing sort of like a singlet top that you are not covered in tattoos. Uh they're all on my legs. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I have a couple on my arms. I have a squirting fire hydrant on my dominant hand for a very specific reason. (laughs) (laughs) And the rest of the tattoos are on my legs. Are you able to share the uh, squirting fire fire hydrant tattoo on the dominant hand for a very specific reason? Or is is it a private specific reason? It has very much to do with the fact that I'm bisexual. Bisexual. It's it's the uh it's the arm that uh puts out the fires, so to speak. <laughs> I turn everyone into a squirting fire hydrant. <laughs> Okay, um, on that note, um, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I'll put some links down below for people if they want to um, uh, see see where you're at and what you're doing. Um, do you have any books out or anything like that, or is it you just write for yourself? Um, I'm I'm trying to publish my my poetry, so it will be called <laughs> Anthology of a Slut. So. <laughs> All right, so stay tuned for Anthology of a Slut. I um, I appreciate that. I think, like, I'm, I'm in the process. I'm about to release another poetry book as we speak, so by the time this comes out, it's going to be released, and I'm sort of doing the cover art myself. I'm self-publishing. Um, maybe you should put a... Um, I'm doing, like, the vector art, right? Uh-huh. You know, like, the, you know, like poetry books all look sort of look similar, like some oh, yeah. lo- lowercase title with a bit of vector art. Yeah. That's what we're going for. Um, uh-huh. Your vector art, maybe, just consider potentially fire, fire hydrant. Yes, done. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me know when it's out and I'll um I'll share it around with what I'm what I've got on my different socials as well. But stay tuned, audience, if you're keen. Anthology of a slut. Will that be the poetry of the people you've slept with? Yes. I am so buying a copy. You've got one copy sold and I feel like I'll be able to um push it for the audience as well because it will be <laughs> probably right down their alley. Yeah, I hope so. Awesome. No worries. Let let me know and um perhaps when you have got it out, you can jump on again and we can do some reading of the poetry. Done. Boom. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I just want to give another super special thank you to Jenna for jumping onto the podcast. I had an amazing time and am still giggling. It's absolutely hilarious. So thank you so much. And I look forward to grabbing a copy of Anthology of a Slut. And when it's released, I'll share it on my social media so you can grab a copy too. If you'd like to support the Kinky Conversations podcast, you can do so in a few ways. The absolute best way is to give it a rate and review and tell someone about it. So if you know someone that would enjoy this podcast, send it their way. You can also grab a copy of the book Kink, Volume 1, a collection of BDSM and kinky-inspired 
short fiction and poetry. The ebook's only a couple of bucks, and I narrate the audiobook. Links in the show notes to that one. And finally, you could jump on board the Patreon. Patreons on the $5 per month tier get early access to every episode the moment they're edited. My public release schedule is once every fortnight. So if you don't want to wait, if you're keen, and if you want some other sexy benefits, jump on board. Patreons will also have access to outtakes and bloopers, exclusive access to the Kinky Community Discord channel, as well as exclusive access to the sultry sound bites. These are two to 10 minute clips of me talking and musing about sex, sensuality, and other related topics. So for all those benefits and more, jump on board the Patreon onto the $5 per month tier. And speaking of, I want to give a massive thank you to Untamed Duo for jumping on board and supporting the podcast. She's one of the podcast guests, and she's decided to jump on board and support as well. So super special thank you. And if you'd like to be a guest or a sponsor of the podcast, send me an email or hit me up on social media. Thank you for listening to the Kinky Conversations podcast, and I leave you with a piece from the book, Kink, Volume 1. Enjoy. How it's going. Excerpts from a text conversation. Want some company? Yes. Good. Get started without me. What do you mean get started without me? Leave your front door unlocked and put on that little black thing I bought you. I'll be over in 45. Okay. Okay what? Okay sir. Good girl. Done. Show me. Show you? Pose for me. You know what I like, and I know how much you like to show off. Don't be a brat. We wouldn't want our session to start out on the wrong foot now, would we? So what if I'm a brat? What are you going to do to me? Sir? Well, I know how much you like to be spanked, so that's out of the question. Oh, no. Perhaps I'll tie you up, and then slowly touch you all over. First with my fingers, then with my mouth, and then with my toys. I'll bring you close, and then I'll stop. Then I'll bring you closer still, and stop again. I wonder how long it'll take before you're begging me to fuck you. Whatever, I'll just finish myself. You'll be tied up. Humph. Fine then. Here you go. Good girl. That wasn't so hard, now was it? You get off on this, don't you? Get off on what? Seeing me squirm. Seeing you squirm? Seeing you beg? Seeing you moan in pleasure? Oh yes, I certainly do get off on this. Did you get that special pose I just sent you? Very good. You remembered. Tell me, what are you going to do to me when I arrive? I didn't have a gag reflex, so... Don't be coy. Go on. I'm going to swallow you whole. Work my tongue over your balls and up your shaft. I'm going to touch you and grind on you. I'm going to sit on my dildo while you fuck my face. I'm not going to stop until you come. All over me. That does sound like fun. And I appreciate your enthusiasm. But perhaps you need some reminding of how this works.
Oh, really? When I say, what are you going to do to me? There is only one response I expect from you. We've been through this. Try again. What are you going to do to me? I just told you. You said it would be fun. Hmm? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. What response do you expect from me? Say the words. Remember what I taught you last time? I will do whatever you want me to do to you. Good girl. You know that I don't let anyone else speak to me like this, right? It's because you enjoy the games we play. They give you the freedom to explore your sexuality without any guilt or shame. You can always blame me for making you embrace your dirty side. All you need to do is say yes and you're free. <sighs> I'm so fucking horny right now. I know. I hate that you know me so well. Get out of my head. On second thought, don't. I like you in there. I think tonight we'll play the counting game. Do you know how the counting game works? No, sir. Well, I'll enter you from behind. One hand will be around your neck and the other on your clit. Then I'll count down from ten. While I'm counting, you're allowed to come. But as soon as the count is over, you must hold it until I decide to count again. But what if I come anyway? There will be consequences. I want you trained. I want you to be able to come on my command. After a few sessions, I'll have such control over your body's innate responses that my words alone will be enough. Oh, really? You don't need to believe me, because in time, your body will learn to give itself fully to me. Besides, the training will be fun. I'm willing to play the counting game with you as many times as necessary. <laughs> I'm almost over. Mm. How do you want me to wait for you? Open your bedroom door, put on some music, and get into bed. Yes, sir. Get on all fours, facing away from the entrance to your room, and then start playing with yourself. Use your toys. I want to be able to hear you when I arrive. But what about the neighbours? Let them hear. Yes, sir. Good girl. Now, when I arrive, I'm not going to knock, call out, or message. I'll simply come inside, enter your room, and start fucking you. Understand? Yes, sir. Good girl.
You've been listening to the Kinky Conversations podcast.